Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? I love it. Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? Oh, we living, we living. We're thriving. Actually, you and I are doing really well. We're so thriving. Like fire emoji, flames. Yes. You guys, Alex just had a birthday. Amir. I did. Three days ago. I'm 31. That's right. (laughs) Someone at the bar the other night was like, how old are you? I'm like 31. And they go, oh my God, I wouldn't have guessed over 28. And I was like, I'll take it. Not that I feel like I'm old. And they were like, you shouldn't. I'm like, no, 30s are the new 20, baby. Like, yeah, we're good. (laughs) Listen, what I'm learning about being in the 30s is that like, if you invest in the things that make you happy, and that, and like, and then that translates in like where you show up in your life. If you like go to a coffee shop and you're yourself, and you go to a bar and you're yourself, you go to the supermarket and you're like, the world around me is good because I feel good because like I am a part of this world. People think you're a lot younger. Oh well, that tracks. <laughs> it's the best that tracks. It's it's the skincare hack that yeah. we're all missing and that we're not Happiness. talking about, which is like. Joy. Yeah, be happy. Gratitude. It's not that you're actually going to like look more youthful. It's just going to like show up in your energy. energy. Yeah, it's a thing. It's such a thing. Mm. And mm-hmm. I love it. And life is so great. And the end. The end. Except it's actually just the beginning. It's just the beginning, bitch. <laughs> yes. I know. So oh, wonderful. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of showing up as yourself. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my brother um, this morning, actually. J-Dog. Oh, my God. Should we call him J-Dog? I mean, we are for the sake of this moment right now. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably J-Dog. hate it, but that's okay. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll probably just like, make this clip <laughs> and send it to him. So I was talking to J-Dog. Right, and J-Dog. What's up? Um, I was telling him about a date that I just recently went on where I had a really good time and like... The vibes were high. The banter was extra high. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, this dude was really goofy. And it, it like, I felt really goofy in response. And like, it, it let out like a very authentic part of me, which I have been looking for in a relationship in like the next connection. Cause like, I'm trying to have fun, I'm trying to have a good time. Yeah. Like, I don't know where these relationships are going to go, especially like on a first or the early part of dating, like. So if there, if anything, I want to have a good time. I want to be yeah. like sitting there and like making silly jokes and getting into bits. And I was telling J Dog about this, and he was like, "Jamie's also single," and he was like, "I I just have a hard time because Jamie's so goofy, you know." Yeah. And he's like, "I only feel comfortable being like that goofy self, my goofy self, with people that make me feel comfortable." Or I've gotten to know them for a little while. Or the settings make me feel comfortable. And I was like, I hear you. That's incredibly valid. Yeah. But what would it be like if you allowed yourself to come out of your shell 
a little bit sooner and to just be on a date. It could still be like a boring interview style first date, but like, but allowed yourself to just make the silly jokes that pop into your ADHD brain Yes, and, and like, let it flow. And he was like, that sounds so scary. Yeah. Yeah, but he's why like, does it sound Jamie, scary, J-Dog? I know, I J-Dog. Mean, I know J-Dog is, it, but. Okay, what's the answer? Because maybe other people feel this way. Okay, well, the I mean, f- the answer usually is because I don't want to be rejected. If I say that and they don't get mm. it, I'm going to look like an idiot. They're going to think I'm weird. They're yeah. not going to get my sense of humor. Yeah. And so what? Don't you want a partner who gets your sense of humor? Don't mm-hmm. you want a partner mm-hmm. when you do say the random ADHD jokes? Which, by the way, yeah. so tracks with me. Like, yeah. You the only way you're going to attract someone like that is to just be you and repel the people mm-hmm. who don't get it. They're not for you anyway. If they don't get you on a first date, they're not going to get you on a third date, okay? And yeah. it's like right. just just fucking rip the band-aid off because what would you rather do? Waste time on five dates fi- feeling like looking for the confidence to crack the joke that might not yeah. make sense with this person? That's so much time wasted. Do it on the first yeah. date and find out yeah. way sooner before you're emotionally invested, before you're overanalyzing, before any of that shit happens, and just be yeah. you. Be you, J-Dog. Yeah. Be you, J-Dog. Also, like... Which, by the, the way, I... I know J-Dog, and he's a dope-ass yeah. dude, and if a girl isn't going to get that, then let her not get that. You know? I, I, I feel the same way, and the thing about, the thing about J-Dog is that <laughs> when, when you have the privilege of getting to experience all of those other sides of him the like silly goofy like making up like making up new words to pop songs version of him that is just his uninhibited self it is such a pleasure because he's so fucking fun to be around he's so quirky he's so interesting and I know that these thoughts are going through his head at all times like I know that he has like a little bit of a um like the DuckTales theme song is just it. playing in his yes. brain everywhere <laughs> all of the time. And I like, I find that to be just a part of the reason why he's so lovable and so such a yeah. good person to like have in your life, have as a friend, definitely has as, have as a sibling. He's so dynamic. Like we're so weird together and it makes me so happy. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like women would love that. And if they don't, great. They're not for like, you. Yeah, yeah, they're not for you if they're like too serious and they don't like it. Like let it move on and he he's just like but like the first date always feels like an interview. So I kind of wanted to get your perspective on if someone is trying to show up more authentically themselves earlier on in these yeah. oh my God, dating I love this stages. Question. What do they do? Yeah. And, and the date is not necessarily, cause sometimes like Jamie was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe like, maybe it should be an activity date for the first yes. date. I was like, no, people do want to get to, but I do, people do want to like, get okay, to but know there's science here actually. So okay, first okay. of all, Correct okay, me then. so there's science here that they are called side by side dates, these activity dates. And so mm. what the science shows is when you're doing something like mini golf or bowling or whatever, some kind of activity, even going for a walk when you're side by side, like literally like next to each other, it builds that rapport because the interview dynamic of like, I am here, you are there. There's a table between us. That's subconsciously building this dy- like, you know, energy of like, where were you on the night of the 31st type vibes? So 
I completely agree. Activity (laughs) dates are superior, especially in the early stages, because going to like a formal dinner and being like, so where'd you grow up? What do you do for work? How'd you get into that? Like, fuck that shit. Mm. Like, do those. Mm. By the way, do let's let's be really real, real here. Do any of those questions really matter in a relationship? Like, if no, we are no, only I mean, choosing people no. based off of where they grew up, what they do, and how they got into doing what they're doing, like, if, what the fuck? No, totally. we don't. We are choosing partners based totally. off of how they make us feel and how we connect with one another. And those conversations do not breed connection. So it's like, go on a date mm. that's an activity date because it breaks the the ice because now you're trying to do something together. When this can be, there's so mm-hmm. many options, like pottery making class, cooking class, like, again, Again, bowling, fishing, whatever, like a surf class. The mini Do, golf is a really good idea. Mini golf's my favorite. That's why it all, I always say it. So it's like, because yeah, yeah. I'm shit at it and I can be self-deprecating about it because I don't care, but it's fun because there's comp, like you can people watch, you can make jokes about the different mini golf <laughs> setups they have. So it's like. Also like you can kind of see the other groups that are like ebbing and flowing. There's yeah. a good bout of people watching yeah. in my area. If you're mini golfing, there's guaranteed a a group of tweens that absolutely trigger some of my teenage experiences. Yep. 100%. Done. So Mm -hmm. anyway, you know, choose an activity date. If, if, and if you're a guy or a girl looking to take your dating to the next level, level, a really good book to read. This is actually where I learned about the side by side date science is, um, how to not die alone or don't die alone is the name of the book it has Mm, a blue cover with toothbrushes on it um okay but it's all about like different dating blocks that can come up and like this dynamic of like how to you know the first date situation and there's some other really good exercises in there that'll help if you're currently in a relationship it'll help you reflect on like is this the right relationship for me um so there you go sounds like i should read it Okay, I have another, but I have a specific question because, like, I thank you for correcting me on this because I do think that, like, uh, like an activity date, you've convinced me, it definitely is a good way to, like, intro. Breaks attention, there's some room to talk, but, like, not a whole lot. You're you're bonding earlier than you are just, like, asking each other, where did you come from questions. Where did you come from? Mars. However, if someone wasn't, if someone was more committed to being like, I just really want to sit down and talk to them, how would you advise them to be, to show up authentically, even in a more traditional style of a first date? Um, well, I would encourage you to do it somewhere where you feel comfortable. That's not too Mm. formal. So like, like the things Mm -hmm. that come to mind are like, um, instead of it being like a steakhouse dinner date where you're like, dressed to the nines and like white linen napkins and all of that it's like go to a dive bar where you can sit next to each other where there's gonna be like maybe some other activities like cornhole shuffleboard I'm still aiming for activities but (laughs) yeah I see good balance pool there needs to be yes pool like there needs to be you know I just look I can't answer this question for everybody because everyone is so different. So I guess what I'm trying to say is find a place that you feel really comfortable being your authentic self in. And, you know, Mm. if you can sit next to them instead of across from them, which means you might need to find like, Mm. you know, not a booth, a traditional booth or tables and chairs set up. Um, 
Yeah, and, and make it something that's more like that you can comment on. So, you know, whether you're going to a karaoke bar but and you don't need to participate, but you can sit there and like watch and or be like, can. if we were on America, yeah, you can, if you're Brie, you can participate. <laughs> but you can pretend and be like, if we were American Idol, you know, who would we, who would we pick like out of this crew today? Oh my God, I love that. Oh, okay. I great. love the take American it. Idol lens. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That's that's such a good like halfway point of like wanting to go do something that still has like a bar involved. It's still like right. kind of traditional, but it's like a little bit more interactive than the typical yeah. you're meeting at an Irish pub type spot. Yes. Yeah. I'm just here's my thing. Like I I'm going to be really honest here. I'm a good conversationalist. It's one of my strong suits. Yeah. You can put me in almost any environment, formal or not, and I will be fine. Like, I will, I'm mm-hmm. outgoing. I can handle myself on the spectrum of, like, mm-hmm. Disney Disneyland skipping down Main Street and formal, like, Chamber of Commerce meeting, and I don't know anyone. You put me in that room, I will network. It will be fine. Like, yes. I'm not, I but here's it. my point in sharing that. You need to know your strengths. If you mm. struggle with conversation and you kind of need someone to lean on, then, like, whoever the stronger, you know, conversationalist is what I'm trying to say, needs to be the one guiding the date. So if that's not you, asking, where would you like to go? What would make you more comfortable? Like, what is exciting to you? What do you, you know, ask those questions, figure it out together. But if that isn't you, you are going to shoot yourself in the foot by taking someone on a formal date where there's a lot of dead air and it's putting a lot of pressure on you to be the conversationalist. You see what I'm saying? Mm, like, don't do that yes. to yourself. Don't do that. Know to your yourself. strengths. Know your strengths. Know your strengths. If you don't be somewhere where in you're a formal setting, yeah, go somewhere where you will vibe. Ugh. Love that. I love that. If you have that. a more specific okay. question, please email us. <laughs> I love it. Okay, speaking of specific questions, we do have an email. Let's go. I'm going to read it. We're strapped in. Um, so this person writes, I'm currently in a relationship that's about to become more serious. Parentheses, planning to cohabitate at the beginning of next month. And I'm having anxiety come up for me that feels linked to past relationship trauma with narcissistic partners. Partner yeah. slash partners. I'm trying to do my best to communicate this to my current partner in order to get the support I need working through it. But she has a hard time hearing me talk about my previous relationships. Am I the asshole for talking about my past? Are there ways to make space for my healing while still respecting her boundary? Yeah. So I don't think you're an asshole for wanting to talk to your new partner about what you've experienced in your past relationships. My only... um, self-reflection question here would be uh make sure the majority of your healing you're doing for you on your own time and not putting Mm. the healing um what's the word not support not work um but healing pressure on your partner to be the one to provide the space for you to heal in does that make sense Mm. like it does make sense cultivate that within yourself and then you're, you're bringing your partner in on the journey to educate them and empower them and equip them mm. on this is who I be, this is what I need in a relationship, not so much, hey, I need to heal from this and you need to help me heal in this way. Like right. that's a lot right. for someone to take on. So that's my first thing. What, yes, okay. what do you have to say? I, to um, no, I'm, I'm building off of that because I think that that's really, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me when I hear that. What it sounds like to me in practice is find um, proper support, maybe professional support, 
if you are in the thick of making sense of how your experiences with narcissistic, narcissistic partners or parents in the past are currently affecting you. If you feel like you have a grip um, and you don't necessarily need the professional support, I would look at resources online to help you make space to do some self, um, self-processing self journal po- prompts, I think would be a really, really helpful thing. Whatever is going to help you process uh, how this shows up for you. And also what I heard you say, what this looks like for me in practice is engage in this processing however you best need to. Do it in your own space. Do it in your own time. Do it with people who are contracted to help you, are equipped to help you, licensed to help you, and then bring what you learn mm-hmm. to your partner and allow them to be the student of what you've dis- of what your discoveries have become. You right. know, uh, so that way they're there to take notes, to learn what do I what what it, what do you need when this stuff comes up, why are these things difficult for you? What does that look like for you? And they can just absorb and get to know more about what that looks like without, I guess, feeling the pressure of maybe navigating what triggers come up for them while hearing you talk about my ex did this, my ex did that. This is what this was like with my ex. This is what that was like with my ex in a way that feels like they're, they're, getting a a GoPro live stream of your past relationships. And let's talk about the verbiage there. Because I think Mm. when you're communicating with your partner, what's easier for the partner to hear is less about what your ex did and more about how it impacted you and how you're moving forward with it. So, for example, Alex, like me, my story, I've had Mm -hmm. very many uh, relationships where I've been cheated on. So that's something that can bring up some insecurity or, you know, self-doubt, whatever. So it's like, if I'm sharing this with a new partner, I'm going to say less about, well, my ex cheated on me every two weeks and this is how I knew they were cheating on me. And it's going to be way more, you know, based off of what I've experienced in the past with infidelity in my relationships, I currently really value open communication. So that means like if you're going out to lunches with someone of the opposite sex, I just want to know about it. I just want to be aware, you know, I don't want to find out about it later. You know, if you have someone that's reaching out that needs support around X, Y, or Z, uh, I just want to be in the loop. Like I'm doing not the best job at bringing up examples, but hopefully you get what I'm saying, right? It's going to be less yeah. about this is what happened and more about this is how it impacted me and this is what I value. This is what I need in my relationships moving forward. So yeah. hopefully that helps. And I think that that'll make it easier for your uh, partner to be able to hear what you're saying because I think a lot of times what hurts people to hear about exes is they go into self-comparison. And so mm. the way we mitigate that is telling them less details about your ex and more details about you and, and your, your impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And try to remember this as often as you need to, that you do not need to have all of this figured out before you start living together. You do not need to have this all figured out in a month's time, in a couple of weeks' time. Help your partner get caught up with where you are in this stage of processing, where you are. Allow yourself to validate that, like, this is what I know so far about how this stuff impacts me. This is what I know so far about what I feel like I need and what I don't need. 
and I, I'm, I think that I'm on the road to learning more. So maybe you can expect to hear me make amendments to some of these requests and some of these things that might change. So yeah. I'm going to do my best to figure out what those things are. And I'm going to do my best to keep you updated. Um, and I just ask that you be open to making space to hear what those updates are, hear what those needs are, and allow me to take my time with it and make changes with it. And like, yeah, we might fuck up a little bit. Maybe sometimes I'll tell you too much. Let me know that. Let's figure out how to recover in those moments. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I hope that was helpful. Beautiful. I hope so too. Let us know. <laughs> Okie doke. Um, so, The Bachelor. Yes, The Batch. The Batchy Batchy Batch. The Batchy Batch. Batch, 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 Batch. This is the last week before Hometowns. Crazy crazy yes very crazy um, um what i also my favorite um little uh, uh what's it called what's it called when it's like you catch like just an audio like a like a phrase what's that called in like a show or a, a movie clip? help me oh, out no. yeah uh no but let's go with it because i'm having a hard time i love when zach i hate it and i love it i hate i i love it because i hate it um, when he says, we are in Budapest, Hungary, baby. Oh. Yeah. Tell me. Soundbite. Soundbite. Why do you hate it? But you because it. it's, he's just corny. He's corny. Yeah. Can I, can I like say something at the top here? Of course. Um, say it. Yeah. Um, my feelings of Zach continue to change <laughs> in that like, <laughs> I still find him to be, like, a good dude, but I like him less and less. Oh, my God. Really? Tell me why. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Well, but I'm, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, he seems like a really good dude. Tell me. You're like, I love him more and more. Um, I still think that he is fairly good at holding space. Right. Sometimes I just feel like he takes himself in the process just like a tad too seriously just like a smidge i mean he's out there and trying to find his wife <laughs> i know but like bitch you're already doing it like you're here just like <laughs> like I, I and i and i think like i see the women be so nervous to like mm -hmm. say anything that is outside of the lines of I love you I'm here for, or not I love you but like I'm here for this like I want this I see a future with you I want to meet your family like I want to do the things blah 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 anything outside of that I see them being very nervous that it will it will compromise their place in in their experience of building a relationship I almost find him so while he's good at receiving people's uh histories of experiences that have nothing to do with him. I still co-sign that. I think that he's really good at that. Yeah. But I, I find him to be, to not have a whole lot of tolerance to hear negative feedback about their dynamics. Mm. And I'm like, bruh, like when are we gonna, when are we gonna have conscious, like conversations, conscious relationship conversations? Okay, I'm interested to dive deeper in this with you. Because are you alluding to kind of what happened with Kat? Yeah. Okay. 
I like she what, rubbed and, me and, the wrong and the history way with this some episode. of the other women. So I'm interested to hear that. Okay, I haven't oh, picked okay. up on that as much. Yeah, I have not picked up on that as much, and I I can articulate why Kat's stuff was kind of rubbing me the wrong way. So when we get there, we will mm-hmm. get there. But yeah, okay. I can oh I can see what you're saying. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. figure out if Zach is making them feel that way or if they're in their own heads about it and it's becoming that thing. I don't know. Totally. I, I think I think uh, I, I definitely a bit of both. have that thought in the back of my head. Yeah, I think a little bit of both because it is hard to bring like, quote, bad news to your partner or like, like honest thoughts yeah. about like this is how I'm feeling blah 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 this but is my thought process but it's a skill that's necessary yeah right that's what I'm saying yeah and I just don't okay. see I haven't seen him like building the reps and being able to hold those conversations with these women and like they are gonna lead to an engagement so like how are we not tolerating distressing uncomfortable conversations yeah I agree and I do think that the show doesn't help because it's such a fantastical <laughs> romance like who the fuck goes to Budapest seven weeks into date? I mean, I'm sure there are people that do this, but yeah, it's right. like, mm-hmm. it's a rarity and it's very love bomby. Like if it was going to be something that's like a out, like real life relationship. Um, and so totally. it can, you can get really swept up in the fun, romantic remote emotions. And so that means that when real life comes in, it's like, Ooh, this is actually how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. It's, it can be such a buzzkill that it's like, I see what you're saying. Like, they aren't. Yeah. But again, the reality is, is when we are taking this relationship into the real world and off ABC's reality TV series, then these conversations are going to happen no matter who you're with, no matter how wonderful right. the romantic times were. So, right. yeah, I I get what you're saying. I'll have to look for yeah. that a little bit more. Okay, okay let's dive into it. Maybe, maybe this week we're debating. I like that. Yeah, totally fine. Let's go. Okay, cool. So, um, Katie, Katie has her second one-on-one. I love her. I love that. I love her, too. I think that she's such a good lady. Yeah, a good lady. I, <laughs> what I like about her is I think she is down to earth. She's really comfortable with herself, and it shows in the way that she shows up on these dates. Um, and she's so nurturing. She's so, yeah. like... There's, like, good energy that comes from her. And, like, I even – I think that it was really hard for her to talk about her experiences. I'm cutting to the chase a little bit. But it was hard for her to talk about, like, her experiences with her family. It seems like her dad left when she was really young. It seems like the the next um, father figure that came into her life also left while she was a little bit younger. But I mean, a little bit older, but still young. And just navigating, like, she was just so honest. I felt her to be so genuine and authentic about, like, that was really hard. If I'm honest, it's still hard. And you could tell that being vulnerable about that wasn't super easy or super comfortable. But she took the risk anyway because I think that she she's taking this seriously. She wants to own her her stuff, where she comes from. And, and yeah, I just felt for her. She's a good girl. Yeah, she is a good girl. I want good things um, for her. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to see uh, where their connection goes. Um, so it my what I liked most about this date was the boring blurbs they were sharing with each other. Because <laughs> like we were just saying, like a lot of relationships building is that. It's like 
this is my heritage. This is what I've learned about myself. These are my dorky, quirky things. And like I said a couple weeks ago, comparing Zach's journey with like the one super successful relationship we've seen come out of the Bachelor series, Sean Lowe and Catherine, where they were doing math with one another. One another. This was like right. my name what before we, you know, immigrated to America was Shacklecross and da 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 And it's like, <laughs> okay, where'd you pull that? Ancestry.com? All right, let's go. Right. You know? So yeah. it was like, it kind of was reminiscent for me of that. And, um, you know, I just really enjoyed the fact that they're getting there in their relationship. I think that's a good sign. Because it's like, we've done all the fake out hot stuff sweaty yeah stuff and now it's like let's talk about the boring shit you know um so i think that's a really good sign cool yeah i uh my only critical comment which has nothing to do with them and has everything to do with the bachelor series period why is it always a run and jump into the air hug I don't know. Why is it always like... This is something that I've critiqued um, over the years, like, with this series, is it's always the run, jump, hook your legs. So whenever I see a girl do run, jump, dead hang, they just hang their legs. I'm like, yes, she's mixing it up. Like, literally, I look (laughs) for this at the start of every date because it's an ongoing thing. It's like they almost uh, trademarked it. It's like... Yeah. It's like, I get it. You're excited to see this person and you're starting from like a couple of yards away from each other. But, oh my God, it's just, oh, it's just too much. Yeah. Too much. Um, I am not, uh, I'm not about it. I'm not about it. No. We need to, to forego the notebook hug. I don't have other notes about them. I just thought that like, I think that they have like good grounded connection. I could see that this would be like if if they were dating in a in a more realistic space, like they met on a dating app. I could see them like really liking each other, and Same. I could see them like being serious about each other, and like it maybe just that seems being like a just natural like connection. Yeah, I agree. I can see them having like a really normal life together. Maybe Same. a little boring, but like boring in a good way. Yeah, stable stable and that's I mean is that boring I think that's fucking great <laughs> yeah boring is is good boring is boring good. is good yeah chaos is. is trauma <laughs> yeah chaos is trauma wrapped up with a romantic yeah. bow <laughs> right and adrenaline <laughs> yeah lots of it um yeah. At this time, during Katie's one-on-one, they get the group date card, and it becomes apparent that Brooklyn is now getting the second one-on-one, and Kat gets super upset about it. Um, And Mm -hmm. I get why. Like, it's been a challenge, I think, over the last couple weeks between, like, him being sick and then what Kat went through with Brooklyn over the whole, like, pulling him before charity's date thing. So I get that she's feeling it. Um, Totally. So, Yeah. I felt I felt the same way. Like I, I, I saw her just being like a human being. Like that, exactly. this made sense why she was feeling the way that she was feeling. I still yeah. found her to be respectful of the other girls and and even towards Brooklyn, who they had it out the week before. Yep. Like she still was like super happy for you. Like good for you. Yeah. You know, having my own feelings. I thought that that yeah. was pretty mature. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And and honest. Yeah. Totally. It's understandable. Like, everyone in that room is feeling the same way, you know? So, mm-hmm. I totally get it. Um, anything else you want to say on Katie's one-on-one before we go to the group date? 
Nah. Okay. Group uh, Only, only, only that I like very much see her making it beyond same family. fantasy suites. Yeah, same. Yeah, I see her going going the distance in this same. show. Yeah. I think she'll okay. be one of the final Group two. Date. Group date. Group date. I didn't see the title of this date. I at first I was like, what is this a magician? And then they kept calling him the mentalist. So I was like, okay, mentalist. Yeah. The, the mentalist. Means? A mind reader. Mind reader. When he, mind listen, when he was like, when he was like, I, I like, I can read your mind, and like, oh, there goes my shirt. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> just that's how it made you feel on the pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were like, oh, mind reader, <laughs> there, panty dropper for no, me. No, instead, if anything, like mind reader makes me go want to like button all the way up. And I put, know like, a for real. On. Yeah, I'm curious to know what they would read in my mind. I'm like, have fun, ADHD brain in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much can you store? Yeah. How much can you like much... weed through in there? Yeah. Do you have enough room on your little chalkboard to write yeah. all of the thoughts that all I have in succession? All um, of the in ones? a millisecond? Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna just draw a maze or yeah. like a hamster in a wheel? Because that would be the most accurate representation. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. So uh gabby i knew this girl was my home homie like she said shiitake mushrooms like i do and i was like what the fuck she said she said what the front door yeah she was so cute she was like when she sat down for it she was like cursing for real and she was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry about my language language but what the fuck what the fuck is this what's going on I also, don't like, know why are so many people apologizing for the F word? I wonder if on ABC's contract they're like we're on we're like owned by Disney. Watch your language. Like I why think are that we definitely cussing? is probably relevant, but okay. I think it has a I think it has a lot to do with however they were brought up as well. Oh. Like some households are just yeah like Mine not not like kosher. I was not allowed right. to even say G's. But now I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I don't give a fuck what you think about my fuck words. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was Sorry for everyone that I just really offended. Up. Yeah. But. Nope. Nope. We're not apologizing. We're here I wasn't it. allowed to curse in my household growing up. Like that definitely would have been a big deal if I used it in my house. But I have been cursing outside of my house for so long that I actually think I am part of the problem for all of my friends who I grew up with. Because my language has been so foul for such a long time. And <laughs> then, cut to, plot twist. I, plot like, twist. probably, plot, probably around, like, end of high school, beginning of college, I started to be more comfortable using my profanity in my yeah. household. Now my parents curse up a storm. Yes, I, Lynn and Chris, get it. Come I, the dark side. Yeah, I, have, I have darkened their souls and their language. It just, and now it's, like... Now it's just all over the place. We're all just walking. Yeah. Can I tell you a Cyrus. funny story? Yeah. So I yeah, took a ballet me. class for the first time in a very long time the other day. And I was saying yeah. fuck under my breath in ballet class, <laughs> which I never did. I'd be like, oh, oh my fuck. God. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But I also uh, noticed I breathed a lot more too. So I was like, this is mm. good. This is improvement. Yeah. I wasn't Listen, holding my breath as much while dancing. Cursing is just about self-expression. Exhaling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Cool. So Gabby, so, my kind of girl, but she got this glass cube thing that really mm, sent her, her for a little bit of a loop later. Yeah. 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 Um, I felt for her. Also, when I was same. watching this episode in particular and when she was talking about 
how she was feeling on this group date, how she felt towards like the cocktail hour part of the group date. I had the same thoughts of like, oh my God, this is like she and Alex need to meet. I know. You guys are like two peas. You guys yeah. are like two peas in a pod. We would the, be besties. The, okay, wait, pause. The okay. way in which the tub scene, the tub scene at the end of the show. When the oh show my God, was yes. I was like, this I was like, is us. us. I was like, this That's is us. Free and I, literally, <laughs> with the bubbles and like the widespread, like it looked like something was up in their champagne. I was like, that, this is literally us at 11. That was, that was us when we were underaged. Yeah. We were doing that. We, we were, were doing, doing that. that. They probably, they knew, and they just copied us. Exactly. Duh. Everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> so great. But I thought the exact anyway. same thing. I'm so glad you said that. Um, oh, I felt the same way. Yeah. Ariel got this, like, magician says she's mysterious because she protects herself. Totally agree. I think Ariel was like, yeah, that tracks. Like, you're not telling me anything that I don't know about myself. Cool. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Charity kind Charity. of had a moment, yeah, because yeah. he calls her out on like being held back by the infidelity she's experienced in her past, and mm-hmm. um, she expresses like, yeah, like this is a challenging thing to heal from. I don't know if everyone fully one hundred percent heals from it, and I totally get what she means, and I think that mm. this concept of healed being past tense is something that it throws people for a loop on their healing journey because we're aren't we always growing and evolving, and it's like yeah. we might finish, you know, we might not be so triggered by something that used to really trigger us, and we can look at that and be like, I've healed from that, sure, but the reality is, mm-hmm. is that just means there's something else that's going to come up eventually that we need to heal from, so it's like. I felt for her and I, you know, I, I didn't hear him use those exact words. I'm sure not the entire thing was uh, broadcasted, but the fact that she felt that that's what he was trying to say made me hurt for her. Cause I'm like, yeah. girl, you're so okay. And the fact that you can communicate yeah. what you've been through and what you need in a relationship now is really all that matters. Like it's not this anticipation that what you've been through in, in your past shouldn't, shouldn't make you hurt some kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I I I I felt the same way. I thought that um, I wish that I could have told her how like not alone she is. Yeah. Um, in being in being someone who's come out of a relationship where there was infidelity. Maybe it sounds like there was uh, chronic cheating. Yeah. If the, exactly. there was infidelity, and being left with the feeling of. I wasn't trusting my gut, which has made it difficult for me to trust mm-hmm. myself since like leaving this. And I, I am still working on that. That's so normal yeah. when you come out of experiences like this. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's, it's worth doing reflection on and processing and getting some support yeah. with it so that you can repair that relationship with yourself because your connection to your gut is yeah. truly a, a North star. Um, but you can repair it. And a lot of times, like having gone through experiences in which that relationship and that trust between you and your inner voice and your gut, your instincts, it's severed. It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's like, it's torn. It's not irreparable. And it's usually happening because of another person that's manipulating you in this way, because if you because they would want you to be more inclined to trust them believe them Mm 
mm-hmm. believe their lies, believe their stories, than for you to trust yourself. Because if you start trusting yourself, they're going to get left. They're going to get called out. With. Yep. Absolutely. So, like, this stuff is by design. It's not because you're a weak person. Exactly. I'm so glad you said it and said it in that way because I know that this is a common thing that a lot of people struggle with post relationships where they've been cheated on. And right. that's exactly right. Like yeah. the second that you are listening to your intuition and you're like, something just feels off. Like you really truly do become your own superhero. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. oof, it's a powerful, it's a powerful skill to have. And your gut is always right. Like we are such intuitive beings. Um, mm-hmm. But our trauma clouds that. So yeah. Yeah. So it's not your fault. It's no, really it's not. not like, fuck. It doesn't, no. it's not a reflection of you. Like, that's what I, that's the point that I want to drive home. It's like, it doesn't mean that you were a weak person no. every time you chose not to trust your gut. Nope. Um, it does mean that because that, that relationship has some tears in it, you want to repair it. But yeah. when you do, and while you do that, honey, you are good to go. Yep. That's right. That's right. Beautiful. Okay. <clears throat> then we have cat. And this is where my have, yellow flag went off is right in this, okay. is during this. Day. I want to hear about that because my perspective was like she had been having a hard time mm-hmm. a couple of days leading up to this, probably feeling a little bit insecure, um, yeah. wanting like she clearly has really strong feelings for Zach and she wants to be, she wants to feel secure in their dynamic. Basically, basically she wants reassurance from him like, I still feel really strongly about you. I still want you to be a part of this. I still want to like go the distance with you. And because she hasn't had that opportunity, she's getting in her head. And so I think when she got in her head leading up to this group date, by the time she got to the group date, this guy's like reading her mind or whatever. Yeah. And he asks, he asks her if she's ever thought about leaving the, the process. And she answered honestly. And she said, yeah. yes. And that obviously was difficult for Zach to to hear. Um, she also said something like she wasn't. She hopes that she's ready to bring him home, and I think that probably also sent a little little flare in his yeah. ear. Um, so I have more thoughts to say because we learn more about why she was feeling this way when we get to the cocktail event. But I want to yeah. hear why you were frustrated. Why that frustration was like building. No, so, and what I have written down, I'm not sure if she stated it in this moment or maybe it's, yeah, it was before the cocktail date, So, but I think it was in her confessional while they were showing her at the mentalist date or whatever. But what I thought was weird about what she was expressing was she was so focused on how she was going to be perceived. She's like, if I leave the show, I don't want people to think I'm leaving him. I'm leaving, Mm. you know what I mean? And it's like, but... But what do you need? And so the other mm-hmm. thing that she said is, like, I don't want to be misinterpreted. Like, she was really hyper fixating on, like, I don't want to be misinterpreted. I'm a good person. I want people – you know what I mean? And I'm just like, girl, why is that your biggest thing? Is it because it's left over from Brooklyn, like, and being misinterpreted there? But, mm. like, you didn't do yourself any favors by not validating mm. what other people were experiencing. So mm-hmm. my thing with Kat is – and it's obviously her own trauma, 
is what is going on within you that has you not making decisions that are good for you out of a fear of how you're going to be perceived by other people. Like Mm. that was why she was rubbing me the wrong way. Cause I wanted to like get in there and be like, look at me, Kat, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay here? Do you want to marry Zach? Do you feel like you have a future with Zach? Or do you want to go home because you're tired of this bullshit and dealing with other women in the house that are triggering you? Like, what do you want? What do you either want? Any if there of those was are no fine, penalty, exactly. If if there's no penalty and no one in America or around the world was going to see this on television, what would you do? And I, that was my frustration with her because it was like what I felt was self sabotaging was this hyperfixation, and because of this hyperfixation, it carried into the way that she was showing up, the way that she was trying to communicate with Zach, and it really fucked her over in the end. Whereas if yeah. I felt she could be like, this is what I need. This is what I'm feeling and bring that to Zach and care less about how she was going to be perceived. I think she might've been able to stay, but it Mm. just felt icky because it was like, it was, she was lost in her own emotional sauce. So yeah, that was my thing with her. So your issue was not about the fact that she had thoughts about leaving or like uh, some, some fears, some anxieties. Mm -hmm. It was like, her, her perseverating on how any of that uh, emotional experience was going to be perceived and un- yeah. misunderstood by other people yeah. and how that would affect her place in the competition. Yeah. I hear you. My exact words in my notes are, it's like she assumes that people are going to think the worst of her. And, mm. and I get that because if there's any trauma in her past where that's been projected onto her, where people have said awful things to her, trying to shift blame or whatever, then I get that wound. But that's up to her to to sit with and feel out and, and heal within herself, not be so caught up in it that it's literally ruining her experience at trying to find a relationship with Zach. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I'm glad you said that. I was going to say the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm almost certain. Like, I can see how that was that – showed up for her with last week with Brooklyn and the charity and all of that. Um, Because I didn't see Kat having any of those issues in the house before those moments. Right. Um, At least not that we were exposed to. And so I I do wonder if it has anything to do with her past experiences. And what I will say is, is that to be a person, particularly a femme presenting person in the world we are, we have not been supported to just own our decisions and to right. own our feelings and to own our thoughts. So I have a lot of empathy for all of us that are still in this place of, but what is, what is everyone going to think? Because I find that to be so common. I want us all to be at the place where we're like, this is how the fuck I was feeling. This is still what I want. This is still what I'm dealing with. But yeah. of course, like I'm a human being and of course... And, and I also know that my, my uh, stress response has been to flee and to leave because that feels easier and that helps me feel like I'm skirting around a really uh, frustrating and deep emotional experience that I don't yep. really know how to deal with. Like all of that is incredibly valid and I want us to be able to be in a place where we're just owning how that affects us and owning our decisions. But I also know that we're not all there. Exactly. I want us to be there. Yeah. I think that that's like where a lot of people I hope are headed. Yeah. But you have to you have to recognize the the impact of your your thoughts 
and your concerns about how other people perceive you and start to actually pull those layers back and imagine what would it be like if I just owned my decisions? What would that be like? Yeah. 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 Because it's like my so and I'm not saying this is cat but like whenever I hear someone being so worried about how they're going to be perceived two things go on in my head you're either feeling shame and guilt about something you did that's not in alignment with who you are so now you're panicking because you're like how are what are people going to think of me right Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. could be one thing or two it's usually some kind of conditioned way of thinking like People are going to, like, I had the best intentions, but people are going to assume this awful thing about me because that's what you've been exposed to in the past. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's where my mind goes with Kat. It's like, I, the only thing that I've seen where she could be like, oh my God, how was I perceived was how she reacted in the week prior's episode, which I don't think is applicable to this situation. So now I'm like, what conditioned, what, how, why were you conditioned to think this way is where my mind goes yeah. with her. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey. Next, what's next? Oh, the I, po- we should talk. We should talk. We should talk a yeah. little bit about Gabby's Gabby's um, uh, rise of anxiety, and then yes. the the and then how it got resolved. So Gabby Gabby was feeling really, really, really nervous. It's so interesting. It's kind of full circle to a conversation you and I were having before we got on. But yeah. she was feeling really nervous that uh, what came to the surface in the mentalist date. Mm-hmm. was her her glass box ism and yep. what she describes later on is being really worried that she was going to be judged and maybe not loved not chosen for being someone who struggles with anxiety has difficulty communicating where she's at struggles with ADHD or at least has a relationship with ADHD that maybe in her experience has not been totally understood and accepted by people around her. Um, And really worried that Zach wasn't going to get it. And I, I give Zach props here because she was struggling with this. She acknowledged like, like I have all these feelings. I have all of these thoughts. They're all running together at the same time, the same place. Like I'm having a hard time making sense of it. And I love that the girls were like, girl, it's okay. Like, of course, there's nothing wrong with you. That's so normal. It's really normal to have ADHD. It's really normal to have a relationship with anxiety and have that show up in your thoughts and make it difficult for you to to express yourself and communicate on your behalf. Mm -hmm. That's really normal. I love that they did that. Amazing. Yeah. And when she went to go... They said, and I was like... Yeah, right. Oh my God. The group is so much better for having charity there. I know. All of them, all of their emotional intelligence has just expanded. They're like, we have a therapist among us. We can't be assholes. And she's, she's so good. I mean, like, you're not watching her, like, therapize. You're just watching her hold space for people and respond to people's distress with groundedness and calm and, 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 and empathy, like, true measured empathy and so they're all just better for having her there. And so, like, Charity, I fucking love you. Yeah, same. And so they, they do an amazing job of doing that. Then she shares this with Zach. And I love how Zach responded to this, too. And, you know, maybe chalk it up to editing. They love to, they <laughs> love to preserve their, their bachelor, their mm-hmm. star. Mm-hmm. But he did use words that were, that were accepting. He was just like, 
I accept that these are things that are part of your personality. Like these are things that are part of what make you you. And by the way, if I haven't told you this, some of these things like where your mind goes and how you express yourself and like how you show up, they're why I really like being around you. Yeah. That's so affirming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree with him. I think that that's what's so special about Gabby is like, you know, I think – I think far too often people view ADHD as like, I mean, it's in the name, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And it's like, yeah. in my mind, it's kind of a superpower. I understand how mm-hmm. it can be crippling in certain situations. And like, yeah, you need to regulate your nervous system even more because of the, um, you know, uh, higher uh, emotional states that we can be, you know, um, what are, what's the word? Uh, uh, exposed to, that's not it. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say. And so I get the feeling that like this could be a burden. Um, but the reality is, is for Gabby, it's such a beautiful, it's integrated into who she is more than like a crutch or like an issue for, Mm -hmm. and I get, again, Mm -hmm. I get how she's feeling that way, but what it's makes her who she is. And I love her for who she is. And I love her for the quirkiness. I get her for the quirkiness. Obviously I have ADHD too. So like, I think maybe that helps too. It's like, I understand because we're so similar in that way. Um, but for anyone listening, like I've had clients as well who uh, are wanting to heal trauma and also struggling with managing their ADHD symptoms, but it doesn't need to be something that we look at as a a thing that makes us inferior. I really am not about that. Like no, it can really become a superior type superpower for us if we know how to manage it. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I just, and by the way, that doesn't necessarily mean that like, you uh, engage, you learn how to engage in conversation and like streamline all of your thoughts together in a linear way. No, it's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Have you listened to our podcast? Yeah. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Two ADHD queens just popping off on the regular. But, but, but also, yeah, two ADHD queens popping off. Like we have a successful podcast. We're helping people. We get that feedback by the way we love you. Thank you for sharing that feedback with us. But the truth yeah. is, is that it does it. We both have our own businesses. Like there is so much that ADHD can do for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just keep Love going. It. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So now, now I'm ready to move on. Okay. Let's move oh, on. Oh, wait, I have, wait, I have one more comment. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of ADHD, um, personally, I find Ariel to be a fucking queen i love her yeah Yeah, and i'm gonna be totally honest like like okay remember there was a comment that you had made weeks ago about you were talking about zach and and ariel's sexual attraction and how it differs from his uh like sexual and physical attraction to someone um like jessica or in this case it was jessica yeah and it was just you're talking about you're describing the way in which she sits back and she just sits in her in her knowing, in her power. And what we've learned from her is that she's actually taken risks in being more upfront and honest about who she is and less demure, less mysterious. Because I could totally see how she would swing to that other side of the pendulum of being far too mysterious that you really don't even know who she is. She becomes this like elusive concept to men that she's dating. And I understand why that's sexy, but I also understand why that doesn't lead to uh, 
long lasting connection, you know? Yeah. So I love that we're seeing both sides of her, like her being in her sexy power, but also sharing more about herself. I loved hearing her talk about her family. I loved her hearing her talk about her Jewish culture and how that showed up in like her family connections, those strong bonds. And even just her posture, like she's like back here. Yeah. And it's so, it's so receptive. In, oh my god it's so receptive but it's so intoxicating that it actually made me think that it was like Zach is not a, like not a, a worthy partner Eek. oh I love I love that you had that awareness that's funny I I also love Ariel I don't think they're the best match for each other um yeah probably for the same reason but I couldn't articulate it that way I just don't he just doesn't get it I don't think he gets it yeah and she but I I loved this I have it in all caps I put I loved seeing Ariel open up about her Ukrainian Jewish fam and community with her orgies, yeah. Russian accent, um, mimicking yeah, her father. Yeah, oh my God, that was so I died. Good. Yeah, I died. And I was just like, that, I love that about Ariel. I think she's a fucking catch. I don't think she's Zach's girl. I just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she needs someone who's a little bit more... Um, Confidence. I need, I need more. Yeah, like I need more. Like, I need more confidence. Smolder is what I'm trying to think. She needs like a Flynn Rider yeah. type, which is a Disney movie illusion, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but like <laughs> okay. I, I do. I, like I can imagine. What she that, needs what that an means. Aragorn type, which you also won't get, which is an LOTR reference. I need an Aragorn type. Fuck, he's hot. She needs someone who's not going to be intimidated <laughs> by her divine feminine power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone, more people than me will understand exactly what you're talking about. And for those folks, thank you. Exhibit A. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> sort of like like rugged and like badass, certain of themselves. Yes. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love. Okay. Um, What's next? Okay. Greer. Greer. Pulls up. Greer is healed from her COVID-ness. And I feel like I have an, an exact idea of how this went behind the scenes and why okay. this was set up the way that it was. Tell me. My belief, my theory, which is probably not a hot take at all, Zach already told the producers that he's not interested in moving Agreed. forward with Greer. But they didn't tell And Greer so he, they, they set up for Greer to come to Zach's room to talk so that he could talk to her about that. Instead of like creating a bit of a date, I do wish, I wish that he and Greer got an opportunity to go have a date. Cause I, I do think that if he got to know her more, like I don't, I still don't really know why he never gave her, gave himself the opportunity to spend more one on one time with her. Yeah. I really don't get it. Yeah. Me neither. And I still think that even if they got a one on one, she wouldn't have made it to final two. I just have a yeah. feeling. But yeah. I feel for her because I do think that she got robbed. I think I think they both did. Zach being sick and her being sick, I think, really just screwed over the cadence of the entire situation. But whatevs, it is totally. what it is. Totally. Um, That's what happens. I completely agree. I think that the producers knew and they went and grabbed Greer and didn't tell her anything, which I get why. Like, they can't. Mm. let her know like you're about to be dumped because then they ruin their entire 
what they're going to get on TV. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she was kind of set up. And you could tell by the way he hugged her. Like, I, you, the way that they went. You know what I mean? Like, right from the get-go, I knew. I'm like, girl, you're going home right now. Yeah. Um, and totally. so she didn't pick up on that. Um, probably, I think, if she, I think the reason she didn't pick up on that is she probably was so anxious that she wasn't, like, in her body to really feel like, ooh, this is what's about to happen, you know? Um, so she starts I to do share like, with him. Go ahead. I do like how she, oh, I like how she set it up, though, because Agreed. I agree with you. I yes. think that she at least has enough self-awareness that while she was anxious and maybe unable to receive all of his cues, she knew that she had to leave the... Um, open. conversation open yeah. so she's like this is how I'm feeling exactly I really want to move forward I really am excited about the opportunity to get to like get to know you more and hopefully spend more time together because I think that we could really build yeah. on something mm-hmm. how are you feeling tell me where you are at do you yeah. feel the same like I think that she gave him the space to disagree Agreed. if that's where he was at yeah, yeah yeah she handled it like a fucking champ you know he's had yeah. a lot of really good girls uh, the, gr- the group of women that are there of right really now i yeah obsessed with a yeah. lot of them yeah there's way less cattiness and like to your point i'm not sure if it's because charity's there and she might be people might feel some kind of way about you know that she's leading as example and we're gonna follow that it could be a little bit of that or it could just be, you know, people are becoming more conscious and it's showing up on national television, which is fucking wonderful if that's oh, the case. I'm so that. about mm-hmm. it. Because mm-hmm. every we've had very few caddy um, interactions. And even with Zach, because I think a lot of times people get dumped and it's like, why didn't you pick me? Why didn't this work out? Why, why, why? You know, and it's like, fuck, like how old are we? Five? Um, yeah. You know, so I'm really proud that literally almost every single girl when he says you're going home they're like i understand i respect you thank you for being up front with me like you know there's a lot of yes it hurts and i get it you know Mm -hmm. um which is beautiful Mm -hmm. like because both can coexist you're allowed to hurt despite understanding why someone's leaving you you're allowed to hurt and not understand why someone's leaving you but just respect their decision too you know so Mm -hmm. she i literally put i'm like handles it like a champ amaze heart emoji that's what you get Greer Mm -hmm. thank you also like when she was like emotional but she was also like coming through yeah with like the the politeness to be like I understand but like her voice like she could only get out like whispers so much I've like I've like been there and like I understand it and it's so hard she I wish that she gave herself just like a minute to like cry and like breathe so that she could like but I think she eagerly and this is a thing for okay let's actually can we we, we're gonna zoom really in on this exact thing for a hot second Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. for anyone listening when I think the reason Greer did that is because a lot of times especially in heterosexual normatives a girl cries and the first thing a guy says is don't cry and it's not it's not helpful for the person crying i get that the intention might be good because you're trying to comfort them but what it really is is negating their their quite literal experience in the moment and so i think greer to try and make zach feel comfortable 
was pushing through the crying to be like, it's okay, it's okay. Like she felt the need to be like, don't tell me to stop crying. I'm going to comfort you. And so what I think what would have been a really beautiful thing that all of us can be more mindful of is when someone cries in front of us, first of all, the person crying, don't feel the need to apologize and don't feel the need to jump to comforting the other person. Like let's all work on holding space for our own emotions first. And then two, if you're the one sitting there witnessing someone be in their emotions, don't feel the need to be like, don't cry. You know what I mean? Like let them be. And then when they're ready to talk, they will, you know, and even Mm -hmm. encourage that. Like it would have been beautiful if Zach could have been like, Greer, I hear what you're saying. And you can take a moment to feel like it's okay. I'm here. Like, let's just feel together. Let's not rush it. Exactly. Cause like, I think that that she was trying to really rush through to not make him feel awkward, but it's like, if he's feeling awkward cause you're crying, that's on Zach. That's not on you. Right. Yeah. But I think this is such a normalized thing. Um, especially within, I mean, relationships of all kinds, but again, sorry. Definitely. Yeah. I'm no, straight it's, it's, and I it's feel a like thing about women. it happens it's a, a thing lot. About women. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. let's not like, let's, yeah. let's honor our emotions. Let's not jump to make other people feel comfortable with our emotions. That's not our responsibility. Yeah. And when I say it's a thing about women, it's really a thing about men not being comfortable with women crying. Exactly. And yeah. so women take on the responsibility to do everything in our power to make sure that we don't make them uncomfortable. And it's not our job and I'm not about it. We're ditching that. We're fucking ditching that, bro. Ditching that shit. Okay, All right. love that. Gabby gets the group date rose. Oh, wait, we yeah. first oh skipped God, that, was... went over to Greer, but that's okay. She was so excited. She was so surprised. I know. It was cute. But I think it's it spent, it, it like sent the other girls head spinning because A bit, for yeah. them, and I get it, their, their connections are really strong. Uh, and when they have these one-on-one moments with Zach, they probably feel like they're the yeah. only person that he really cares for. Yep. And then to sit there and watch someone else get a group date rose and, and feel neglected. Like, I also understood why this upset Kat. Because I, I I can see how to the untrained ear, hearing a, hearing a girl who looks the way that Kat does, and by this I mean very conventionally attractive, um, say, I just want to be wanted. It can sound really vapid. But what I actually understand her saying is like, this feels like rejection, when I feel like I'm doing everything in my power to show up with my vulnerability, to tell him how I'm feeling, to be honest about that. He told me like he understood, he felt better. It felt like they actually cleared the air, which they weren't able to do since like the, the witchy, the witchy date. And I understand why that feels like rejection and that comes through as an expression of, I just want to feel wanted. I hate not feeling wanted. She wants to feel reassured. She wants to feel like this isn't the end of the road for her. Right. Unfortunately, it was. Yeah, we'll get there. So, Brooklyn's one-on-one. Oh, my God. I knew. I had a feeling she was going to go home before the date even started, dude. I literally wrote it down. I was like, like, she got a one-on-one so that he could figure it out. End it with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think she had a one-on-one because he was on the fence about her and he was hoping that that date would make it clear and it did. Um, And so what do they do? They go on a bike ride. They go on an air balloon thingy. They go to a Hungarian bathhouse. And this is where I saw the disconnect was at the Hungarian bathhouse. I was like, they they cannot have just like a chill-ass conversation 
there like what it felt so like I am standing here you are standing there let's make out because everyone's telling us to make out okay now what like it felt so I felt the same way there was no there was no comfort in their connection no and like a, like being in a Hungarian bathhouse, like the biggest Hungarian bathhouse that there exists. Together? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about being in a really large, hot body of water shared with a bunch of other people. I don't know how I feel about that. Chances are, I'd be down. But like yeah. watching it, I was like, um. <laughs> you're like, how much chlorine is in here? Who pee? Yeah, <laughs> like. Like, I'm watching these people play chess. Have they taken a bathroom break? Like, what are we doing here? So, anyway. (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) I feel you on that. I was assuming they had, like, ones you could buy privately, and that would be where I would go (laughs) if you want to come with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel you. Let's get in a hot tub. Let's get in a hot tub. Okay. But, okay. So, let's go on vacation together. We are. We got to go to Amsterdam and then Budapest. (gasps) We have to go to Amsterdam together. I know. That's right. That's right. It's happening. That's right. We're planning it. I'm going to start That's a Pinterest right. board. Oh, please. Okay. So, <laughs> um, there was no comfort in their connection. I was like, this is the perfect place to like be silly, be goofy, uh, like yeah, like, anything. Engage in any conversation that has, I would have talked has... about that. I would have been like, who do you think is the person peeing up in here right now? Exactly. <laughs> and I think that. All that I could see them talking about was like, I'm just having a really good time. Really? Are you? Or do you have nothing to talk about? Exactly. Because that's literally what it felt like. Um, And so they get to their dinner portion. She starts to open up about how wonderful her family is. And right in that moment, you saw Zach completely shift. And so I love how he expresses that he needed time to breathe and think and request that space. He goes and does what he needs to do and very quickly realizes, like, I I can't do that to her. Like, I cannot meet her family when I'm not 100% confident, and I have complete respect for that. And so he expresses that to her, shares what he's thinking and feeling. Brooklyn, of course, cries, but just like Greer, I have so much respect for you. Thank you for being so blunt. And here's the other thing I fucking loved about Brooklyn, okay? I love this girl. Mm. I love this girl. He is trying to reassure her because she's being emotional. And so Zach is like, I want you to know you're a great girl. I want you to know I want the best for you. And she's like, I know I know you want that for me, and I want that for mm. you. And he's like, mm-hmm. you're wonderful. And she's like, thank you. Like, she's not yeah. – She's not being like, then why don't you want me if I'm so wonderful? You know what I mean? She's not being like that. She's receiving the compliments. She's not taking what's happening personally. She understands. And it was just like fucking badass queen energy. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people in that moment can go down that road of like, well, don't tell me I'm wonderful if you don't want to be with me. Right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that... um, they could have taken the rejection, like, why'd you have a one-on-one? If you knew that this is how you felt, like, she could have gone down that road and she didn't. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to call out and highlight, like, how fucking much of a queen she was in that moment for just handling yeah. it. And I like that support. Zach told her, like, I mean this when I say it, like, you deserve a love that I can't give you. Yeah. Because I think that that's, those are really helpful words for someone to hear if they're, if they're being genuine. 
um, for someone to hear when they're navigating like a, a, a fresh breakup so that they know like I, I deserve a connection that, Mm -hmm. that is right. That is better. So this is not actually a reflection on me. It's not also a reflection on him. They're just not a match. Exactly. It's just that it's hard to figure that out, but sometimes that's just what the fuck it it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and even, I love that Zach was trying to explain that because he's like, I like her. Why isn't it clicking? Mm. Like, she's so mm-hmm. cool. She's so beautiful. We get along, but there's just something not clicking. And like, I feel you, Zach. I get that. And I, I'm, I want to make space for people who have that. There's a lot of times mm-hmm. people who just stay in relationships because you're like, well, on paper, it looks like it should be great. Like, I, I like them. I think they're a cool person, but there's just something missing. And I think a lot of times people don't feel justified in staying true to that. Like, look, there's nothing wrong with you. For some reason, it's just not a match. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. like that he honored it within himself too. Um, and Brooklyn did as well because she's like, I don't want you meeting my family if you aren't vibing. You know, if we aren't mm-hmm. clicking. So it was good. Yeah. Um, it was really good. Rose Saramona. Yeah, so we already know that Gabby has a rose and Katie Katie has a rose and they're going to hometowns and that's happening. We have left, um, Brooklyn left, so we yep. have Ariel and Charity and Kat and there's only going to be two roses. So yep. then, I didn't know, I truly had no idea who he was going to pick. I fucking knew. I knew it. You did? Called it. Yeah, I, I did. I for I could sure thought he would keep... I for sure thought that he would keep Kat. I just because he was, until, like, so into her. I did until he was sharing at the... At the beginning of the episode, he was like, things with Kat felt off last week. And then when after their interaction where he was like, so you were thinking about leaving? Like, tell me more about that. I was like, he's not about it. Like, he... I, and that's where you were trying to say where it's like, is that what turned him off? Like, is she not allowed to have a very human experience of like, yeah, I have yeah. considered leaving, right? Um, yeah. Because it is fucking hard. Like, think about it. I, I would never be on this show. It is the most, like, raw, triggering, abandonment wounds, betrayal wounds, like, constantly. Like, any... It takes strong-ass women to show up on this shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that she was just being a human being through the whole yeah. thing. But what I think was the nail in the coffin for Zach was she could have been more forthcoming about what she was going through with Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. But because she wasn't, I agree. that wall was enough to keep Zach being like, you're not, like, something feels suspicious. And Yeah, so, you're not telling me something. Yeah. And so um, what I do want to also give Zach a shout out for is I loved how he started this rose ceremony because it's so true. He was like, I am sorry. Like, it, it, he, was, he was like, I've seen heartbreak with Brooklyn and with Greer this week. Like, this is going to be a hard one. And I really appreciated him opening the floor that way because I can only imagine what it's like standing there, like, Literally, I can only imagine what it's like standing there. I do not have experience with this. And hearing him say and acknowledge, like, this is going to be painful and uh, apologizes in in advance, that would be comforting for me. Like, okay, we're in this Mm -hmm. together. This isn't you being like, Mm -hmm. I just don't like you. Bye. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ugh. 
So I wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, Ariel and Charity got a rose, which for sure I was like, Mm -hmm. he felt the most confident with them. And Kat goes home. And so Mm -hmm. when they get to the bench, you can see Kat. She, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I saw her demeanor change. Like, she went from, like, up here, like, hopeful to, like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And she shrank. Yeah, she did. She shrank. She, I feel like she went so internal that, like, her body literally felt like it was absent of a soul, low-key. Like, not in a negative way, but in a way of, like, self-protection, you know? Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she starts to articula- articulate, like, I pushed really hard. I shared so much because I thought it would be us in the end. I tried. Um, and, you know, I think she was just expressing her frustration with Zach. And, like, like not with Zach, but, like, her experience on this show. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Zach did the best he could with comforting yeah. her. Yeah. I kind of – I. Even though it it was a response that was so different from Brooklyn's and Greer's, I still understand and validate her desire to ask the question of, like, why did you make this choice? Mm -hmm. I actually give her a little bit of credit for, like, asking a difficult question because, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's like, why? You know? Um, Because for all that she was aware of, and I agree with you, I I think that her not sharing what was going on for her a week Mm -hmm. sooner was definitely a hindrance. To her detriment. Um, Yeah. And I think, but I, I, so, but I don't think that she knew that. So I, I appreciated her and I wish that he's, I I had sort of a note. um, What, what was my note? I wish that I learned more from Zach because I think that you and I did a really good job of picking pieces together based on what we're right. seeing. I yeah. didn't hear it from him. I don't think he's I conscious of it. Him. I don't even think he's mm. aware. I don't think he's aware enough to be like, well, I just had this feeling last week. And I know you shared with me eventually that like they had some of the girls had stuff to say about us having a moment before my date. But, you know, I just felt that there was stuff that you weren't sharing with me or that we, we could have been more vulnerable, blah, blah, blah. I don't even think he's that articulate. I think he's just yeah. as confused about Kat as he was with Brooklyn. Like, why isn't this clicking? Like, what's going on? Mm. But even him saying that would have been nice. Like, you know, there's just something that isn't clicking with me. Um, and I agree. I think Kat, you know, it wasn't a whiny why. It wasn't like, why? Right? Like, why yeah. not me? It, I think she could have articulated it better, but also I want to give, like, she's being emotional, and when we're emotional, of course we're not going to articulate to our best ability. Yeah, we're not so going to be perfect. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, sit here and be like, this is how we should all, like, we need to make space for the fact that we're humans. So, um, totally. yeah, she, I felt for her. I think she'll go on to BIP and be fine um, because she's a gorgeous girl. Why mm. wouldn't they bring her to BIP? What? Question. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the next Bachelorette? Bachelorette. Um, I think it's going to be whoever goes home after hometowns. Oh, so you don't think it's any of the people who have already left? No. From what, in years past, and this has been disrupted recently over the last few years, but typically the cadence is it's whoever goes home before fantasy suites. Sometimes it's whoever goes Mm. home after fantasy suites, but it's usually like towards the end in recent years, they've been turning it like 
switching it up um, based yeah. off of, you know, I don't know. I didn't watch Zach's season with Gabby and Rachel, so I can't. If Charity, really... does, if Charity doesn't, well, I'm trying to figure also, like, who they have invested their storylines in. That's what I'm saying. So I think, I think that, I have a feeling that after Hometowns, it's going to be Ariel or Charity that goes home. I have a feeling. Yeah. That's my prediction. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. I'm happy to be wrong. I and agree. Then, I agree. I think so too. And then um, based off, and either one of them would be a badass bachelorette. Totally. They would be so great. I could so, see if Gabby doesn't, if Gabby doesn't win, then I think that she could make a great bachelorette. I agree too, but I don't, if she's one of the final two, I don't foresee that happening. Yeah. I don't know why. That's just what my gut's telling me. Interesting. We'll see. Okay, so also we have two episodes coming up this week. There's an episode on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, how exciting. Mm, Um, What are we ditching? What are we ditching? We're ditching the fact that when we are emotional, we are rushing through our emotions to make other people feel comfortable. We're ditching that. We're going to honor our emotions. And if they're uncomfortable, they can deal with it. They're grown-ass people. And if they can't deal with it, that's also their problem. Yeah. I'm ditching, we are ditching, that any trace of neurodivergence is an automatic thing to be apologetic Ashamed for. Ashamed of. Yeah, um, fuck that. Yeah. Like, like, being neurodivergent can come with its challenges. It's, mm-hmm. we, like, we live in a world that's built for neurotypical people. So it's going to come with challenges, but it doesn't mean that you are a, uh, a person who needs work. No. Um, allow these things to allow yourself to learn more about what, where your edges are, where your challenges are, where your strengths are and create the world that honors all of those things yep. that allows you to operate within them in this world. Yeah. That's not created for us. <laughs> <sighs> I completely agree. We're doing yeah. that. That's what we're doing. Um, That's what we're doing. The end. Thanks for listening. Everybody. The end. Yep. <laughs> If you want to chat with us directly, you can email us or you can go to our website um, at www.ditchthescriptpod.com I'd slash podcast for the free mini session um, application. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok, both at, at Ditch yes, the Script. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel where we put out these full episodes with the full video where you can see my clothes falling off while we're doing this. And me sharing um, photos of Lord of the Rings sexy rangers. That's right. <laughs> so go show love in those places. Go also write reviews on Apple Podcasts and rate us on Spotify so that more people can find our voices. Yeah. And listen to our we... amazingness. What? Should we what? Yeah. Should we, should we peace and love? We're peacing and loving. Peace and peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs>